Hello, and welcome to the Truck Schmucks Podcast. The views and opinions that you hear on the show do not represent the agency or fire department that we are part of. These are strictly our opinions and our views. This also includes our guests that come on the show. With that in mind, we thank you for your continued support and sit back and enjoy the show. Michael, you want to do your little intro? Oh, God. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> what episode are we on? We're on six. I don't even remember. I'm, I'm half awake right now. That's because you've been sleeping all day. Get into character. Oh, God. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode six, I think we just said, of Truck Schmucks. We have a guest today. A guest whose mustache I am very jealous of. I'm going to admit that. I can't grow one very well. My sideburn is fuller than my mustache. So I got to say, I'm pretty fucking jealous. Yeah, I will say, I I couldn't, watching watching your podcast on YouTube, um, I was like, I want to grow a mustache like that. I'm jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me your secret. Uh, Uh, It's a deep... DNA that's been passed on for years. <laughs> yeah. Well, which is weird because your dad doesn't have a mustache, which is, or did he? He had a legendary, legendary mustache. Oh. Uh, wow. It got too, too much to manage, so he trimmed it. Or uh, he shaved it off. Yeah, he shaved it clean off. It was, yeah. I was like, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, um, if you just want to introduce yourself and to everyone. Thank you guys for, first of all, for the opportunity to be here. This is awesome. Uh, I'm on the West Coast right now. It is uh, four o'clock. You guys are on the East Coast. I love bridging the gap. This is freaking awesome. My name is Rich Zuniga. I'm a full-time firefighter for Los Angeles County Fire Department. I'm a firefighter paramedic. Uh, I've been full-time for nine years. Prior to that, I was a full-time EMT for private ambulance company for seven years. Uh, I have a eight-year-old son, five-year-old daughter, and I live in Temecula, California. So again, thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Well, uh, thank you for uh, trusting us with with coming on and and uh, sharing your story with us. Um, so wh- while I was watching, so if you guys don't know, um, Zuni also um, hosts a show called Talking Out of My Stash, which is I think freaking hilarious. Um, that's <laughs> it's it's so true um and um and the one interesting thing and i actually did catch on to it is last night before i fell asleep i was watching something and you actually caught it i was like wow that okay so my thought was true you actually named your episodes after star wars which was yes. kind of cool <laughs> yes that is awesome i got uh my arms full of star wars tattoos so Oh, that is awesome. I'm still, I'm still working on it. Can you see it there? Uh, I, I can't. I got uh, Darth right here. I got... Oh, Jesus. Uh, Kylo Ren. It's, it's a work of progress. I got some TIE fighters. I got Darth Vader up on the top with... Uh, that's the Emperor up here. So I'm a big geek and a big Star Wars guy, so it's a big part of my life. And well, I like that's all right. I, 
I have I have to hide my nerdiness. Um, so I'm a big comic book nerd. Um, so obviously Captain oh, America. Nice. Captain America is one of my favorites. Um, and I, I love Star Wars. I have to hide that to, to, from a lot of people, but it's out there now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't care who you are. Those Ewoks are awesome. Um, yeah, there's uh, a thought on those Ewoks, but uh, I'm a big fan, even uh, the new stuff and the prequels. So I know that's controversial, but yeah. Uh, um, I, I was I was contra- I was like on the fence about the whole Mandalorian thing, and then I watched the four first four episodes just to give it a shot, and I'm like I'm hooked. Yeah, that uh, that's been the best thing that they've come out with for for a long time, and I'm looking forward to season two. So, fortunately, with all the COVID stuff, that's going to get delayed, but uh, I, I can't. Corona. Yeah. Um. So did either of you guys? Sorry, did, did either of you guys um, end up reading any of the Star Wars chapter books they actually had out? I'm probably like really making myself look like a nerd right now, but they, they had chapter Star Wars chapter books. I used to get them as a kid. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of the uh, stories from the Mos Eisley Cantina. And then there was also a Bounty Hunter one. But it was, it wasn't, wasn't really a chapter book. It was more of uh, basically any character that you saw in the Mos Eisley Cantina in episode four they go on and on about their backstory, who they are, what makes them, and it's it's pretty interesting. Same thing with the bounty hunters that you see in, in Empire Strikes Back. They made a whole other book, and I I got it on my on my bookshelf right here. So I dove nice. into those. But as far as the expanded universe stuff, I never really got into that. I'm more of a movie guy. Yeah. No. Yeah. No doubt. Um, so the other thing that caught me that kind of piqued my interest. We're, we circle, we spiral, and we go left, right, sideways. So eventually we end up getting back on topic. So I'm into uh, it. while you were sitting down with your dad, it was, it was awesome because I, too, come from a, a generational family. So just sitting back and um, my dad was actually on for a hot, like, five minutes on an, ep- on an episode on the, the like, two-hour-long one. My dad came in for a, a split second. I kind of tricked him into coming on. Yeah, you called him up randomly. Hey, yeah. you're on the show. What? <laughs> no. Oh, 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 okay. I'm going to talk for a little bit. I'm going to talk too late. Um, and your dad had some awesome nuggets, and you guys kept referring to the two these two sayings: getting after it and filling the basket. Can Can you elaborate on those two things? So really, oh, those are those are my. I got to take credit for those. Oh. Um, fan of Jocko Wilnick. Yep. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Big uh, military guy. and He has a big presence on YouTube and he's very motivational and has a lot of great things to say about leadership and uh, everyday life and applying the military style to just solving everyday problems, which I love. And his big thing is get after it. Put yourself out there. Uh, make a name for yourself. Make a positive name for yourself make a good first impression. All those things are under the same kind of umbrella of making your person and your legacy live long further than you can. And that's just in general, not just the fire service or anything, just in life. Uh, And so in my experience, being the one that sticks out, being the outgoing one, being the loud one has been to my advantage. And I know, I don't know, uh, it's, it's all the same. I mean, we're, no matter where you're from, wherever fire service or fire station, it's pretty similar. Uh, 
the big thing is blend in. Sound familiar? Oh, yeah. Yep. Blend in. Uh, in the academy, be be in the middle of the road. Don't be the best guy, but don't be the worst guy. Uh, that never worked out for me. I always stuck out like a sore thumb, and uh, that I couldn't escape, and I used it to my advantage. So I encourage people to put themselves out there so that they can be seen, they can be heard, and more opportunities uh, arise for them. Uh, what was the second part of that that you asked um, me? Uh, so getting after it, we just covered, and then filling the basket was kind of it was kind of cool and it similar to my you gotta it's like tools in your toolbox and you know learn as much as you can that's what i got yeah i it it really was i had a uh one-on-one meeting with a fire chief uh just to get some pointers early on in my career i had that awesome opportunity so i took it dressed up in my suit went in there and just really listened to what he had to say and the biggest takeaway from that meeting was he said his advice was to fill my basket and uh, his basically what that was just like you said, uh, training tools, experiences, uh, things related to the fire service that makes you more marketable to the department so that you as an individual have something to offer those uh, employees and the department and the community in that area. Uh, And the more your basket was full, you know, cornucopia, Easter basket, what have you, uh, the more you're going to have to give back to that department and the community. Right on. Thank you. Um, so, and most of us, we will, if you have listened, if you can, if you've listened to all of our podcasts, we are very firefighter oriented. We, I don't know about Travis, Travis, the last episode, Travis kind of started getting into his, his medical nerdiness. Um, so I, I'm I'm a I'm a firefighter that has to be an EMT um, to 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 work. Um, <laughs> so, but just listening and you like inspired me to like okay. And I was talking to Bagels and Travis about this er, um, earlier in the week. I was like, I kind of want to go get my medic. I think he fi- <sighs> fucking finally solidified me, solidified me going after it. All uh, right, all right. You know, and I kind of get a look, and I work in the medical field um, Monday through Friday. Well, Monday, well, four days a week now with with COVID going on. Um, so I work at a level one trauma center. So I'm like, you know, and then talking to the doctors, I'm like, okay, fine. This is actually something that I'm kind of interested in. The cardiovascular system kind of, you know, gets my nerdiness going in the medical field. So, but on that, you want to talk about your first experience with medic school? Absolutely. hundred percent. hundred percent. What, uh, what is it exactly you wanted to embellish? Well, you, 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 you have no qualms of hiding that you failed the first time. Yeah. No problem at all. Yeah. So that, that's, that was kind of interesting to me. You kind of pretty much was like, yeah, it's okay to fail. Just earn your fuck up and keep going, which I was like, yeah, I mean, well, the reason why I'm so adamant about sharing that is because that was a life changer. People talk about game changer stuff. That experience changed my freaking life. Uh, the reason why I'm so passionate about the medical side is because it got me in full-time wise. Like we all, like right now I'm on, a, I'm on a quint, I'm on a truck, we cut holes, we throw ladders, we do the fireman, fireman stuff. I love it. It's great. It's the best. Uh, but what got me in the door on the West Coast, because it's so competitive, was the paramedic stuff. So... Again, to fill my basket, to take that advice from that, that chief that I got early on, uh, 
I knew I had to go through medical school and it did help. Um, the reason why I want to share the failure is because anyone that is successful and that has had any kind of achievement or self-worth, gratification, humbleness, all that stuff, you have to go through the bumps. You have to go through the failures. And I want to show those that are coming up that it's okay to fail. Embrace it, learn to love the process, and in that, you will find yourself and learn what makes you tick and what challenges you and how to get through that, those humps. And if you can take that experience like I do, I take that failure and I apply it to any time life has gotten crappy and it happens all the time. Oh, yeah. That experience and I'll go, hey, if I was able to do that, I can get through pretty much anything. And that's, that's what I've done. And the biggest and hardest thing since then personally has been going through divorce. And I applied that same mindset and that same failure. My marriage and my relationship failed. If I applied that same mindset, I was able to get through that. And I am getting through it just fine. It is bumpy, but it makes me grow and it makes me better. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, Bagels' girlfriend um, right now, she's actually in medic school. Um, so it was actually kind of nice. Maybe when, when she listens to this and Mike, you can probably elaborate a little bit more. Oh, no. On which part? Um, just, I mean, how is she doing through medic school? I mean, we should just bring her, if she's home, might as well just bring her in. Um, and, and I mean, this is, this is awesome. We have a, a paramedic who, who's gone through bumps and, and stuff. So well, he's talking to her right now. Absolutely. She said no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> she's she's, she's like, no. All right. Um, and and so, that's okay. We, we all have our own style and, and it's, and it's okay to, to, to respect that and have empathy yep. for that. Not everybody is, is outgoing or, or, or wants to put their face out there. I totally get that. Yep. And it's, it, it's been through doing a podcast. I don't know if you've noticed, but you learn a lot about yourself. Oh yeah. It's a trip. Yeah. It's yeah, actually, um, I, I remember at first when we first started, I was like, man, we should just be like kind of vaguely anonymous. And then we ended up like on camera and I'm like, you know what? I'm actually okay with this. But I remember th see thinking back to it. I was like, man, I don't really want to blah, blah, blah. Let's just, we'll just talk. We'll just do voice. And that you guys are, are examples of putting yourself out there by putting yourself out there. You didn't know you had that skill or that, that you would like putting yourself for the camera. Now here you are. And it's, it's a great thing. And now we're, you know, again, we're bridging the gap uh, East meets West. Like you put in your title, which is a, an awesome, awesome thing. And the more we bridge the gap, the better, you know, we become as individuals and as a team, because we're all, we're all trying to get to the same goal here. Yeah. You know, in our, in our jobs. And, and I was actually, again, talking to my dad, me and my dad talk, quite a bit. I have a 45 minute drive to work. So on the way home, when I know he's out, I call him up and we, we shoot the shit for 45 mm -hmm. minutes. And I was, I was telling him, I was like, you know, the biggest thing and the thing that got me excited was you're on the West coast, we're on the East coast and we're, you know, through technology, we're, we're bridging the gap, like you said. And I'm like, the most thing I'm excited about is we're, well, Travis is a call guy and a per diem on a, on a, 
pretty full-time department. You're full-time and bagels and I, we work per diem and we're sitting here talking just like, you know, guys would around the kitchen table. Yep. And I had this all laid out in my head because I was going to bring it up, but um, it's, it goes to show that there is a brotherhood in the fire service and it doesn't matter if you're full-time union or just, you know, Joe Schmo who comes in when the bell goes off, you know, when his phone goes off, which is, you know, we've talked about it several times. It's, it's kind of disheartening. The only time you ever really see the brotherhood is at retirement parties and funerals. And I hate that. That's not what it's supposed to be about. You know, if I come out to the West coast, I, you know, I was like, I, I don't expect, you know, but Hey, I'm a fireman. Oh, come on in. You know, it's happened several times when I've gone to Boston. That's how I've met people that I, I have become friends with is just going down and being like, Hey, what's up? I'm a firefighter in Maine. And well, at that time it was New Hampshire, but it was like, yeah, come on in. And I, it, that just blew my mind when I was in high school and that happened. I agree hundred percent. We, we need more of that. And, um, we all achieve the same goal. We, our love is the same for the job. You know, we're all, we're all geeks for different stuff. Some of us like to collect records, some comic books, some movies or whatever, you know, cars. But at the end of the day, what keeps us going is we all share the same love for the fire department. And that, that's what should be the, the binding factor. Uh, I don't care what city paid full volunteer. Like, like you said, it's, it's, hey, I'm a fireman somewhere and, you know, I go to visit Hawaii. Here's a shirt. You know, let's trade shirts or let's trade patches or something. It's, it's an awesome community be, to be a part of. And uh, it's really cool to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Um, the thing that really, like when I was a kid, what really set it off is one, it, literally, I, I grew up in a fire station. And it was a small volunteer department back then. And I remember going down to the fire station every weekend and I got to spend time with my grandfather he was on the job um you know I got to spend time with my uncle and obviously spent time with my dad and my dad loves telling this story when I was I think maybe four um I actually got kicked out of a fire one class because I was four years old and I was helping the students they weren't learning shit that day because they would walk up to me and be like, hey, kid, where's the Halligan? And I would, I would literally take them to the cabinet and show them where the Halligan was on the truck. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, my dad loves telling that story and embarrassed me in front of everybody. Um, I, <laughs> sad to say I can't do that anymore, but <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yeah. Um, but that's what I remember is – you know, my dad being like, hey, can, do you have quarters in your piggy bank? Because after the meeting tonight, we're going to play quarters. And I was like, man, I can't, I can't wait to join this department. I can't wait to play quarters when I went on Monday nights. Um, but then that kind of faded away. And then we kind of, I think as a general rule nowadays, is we take the brotherhood for granted. And, and it only shows when there's funerals and retirement parties. It shouldn't be like that. It should be exactly what we've been discussing is right you know sitting back and having a couple of beers with your brothers and and grilling and treating it like a family as it as it is i mean we see some pretty pretty dark shit and it messes us up here so if we can be around like-minded individuals and not 
talk about the dark shit and talk about the fun stuff and share a few laughs and you know kind of embarrass each other that's that's what i love about the fire service is is the brotherhood and the camaraderie but it, it's that's exactly why i signed yep and, and I, I mean your dad was full-time if i remember correctly too so yes. i mean you 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 know what i'm talking about um you know i kind of miss those days um so i got we we had it for a little bit i mean bagels and i department where we're going through this like little rough transition as every fire department does but ours is pretty public <laughs> out there Are you about staffing issues or what bagels I mean, you because we're, we're elaborate <laughs> i'm not gonna get into it okay because <laughs> i'll probably end up i'll, I'll probably he'll, he'll go on a soapbox um so it mainly it's it's a it's a leadership issue like it's, most fire departments go through okay i respect that 100 percent. yeah so it, it's it's more like they want to instead of addressing the real issues just look at someone to blame instead is yeah. the most like simple way to put it yeah it's we're it's kind of like we're bound by secrecy it's like you you have to be like g14 classified to even talk about it <laughs> and it and it sucks because you know it's like man I, I don't and i and i flat out told our interim deputy chief or deputy chief i don't know if he's officially got the title is like i don't even want to come around anymore it sucks it's, it's dragging me down and i don't need need that right now and but i love the job i'm not gonna leave it you know, it's, it's a, it's that exact same. It's a, it's a, it's a job that, that you can love, but it's never, ever going to love you back. It's going to bitch slap you and laugh the room run the other way. That's very true. So really it turns out to be a question of what do you want to get out of it? And if you want to get out a lot, you will put in a lot. If you don't want to get anything out of it, you're not going to put anything into it. Right. And, that's just the bottom line. Uh, and it really doesn't take much. Uh, turning around morale, in my opinion, it's just, it seems like uh, kind of where this is going, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. No, oh, yeah. I mean, it's a good place but, to uh, go. When morale, morale is low, it doesn't take a chief to do that. It doesn't take a chief to change policy. And this is speaking from a guy that's on a firefighter level. Um, the coloring book. I don't know if you saw the coloring book I did. Yep. That was actually um, uh, the third thing down on my list here. <laughs> 170 plus stations now have access to this coloring book. The entire county of Los Angeles, the entire World Wide Web, if you log on to our website, you can download the, the, the coloring book. A fireman, paramedic, did that. It's, it's doable. Uh, uh, you know, I'm a strong believer in make your own bed and the rest will follow. If every morning you make your bed, make sure it's nice and tidy and you go out and you start your day, Everything else will follow the, uh, the, what am I trying to say with that? Basically um, <laughs> think it's the whole, uh, think globally, act locally mindset. So you can't change the world if your own life is, is, is all jacked up. So get your own self, you know, in order, get your own room clean per se. Uh, and then everything else will follow. So in your own fire station, if you want to change morale in the whole department, start with your station. Christmas is coming around. That is a widely known family uh, holiday, 100%. Everyone agrees on that. And fire stations, uh, on, on our end, I'm sure with yours, we have Christmas parties, right? 
Do you guys do that? Um, yeah, yeah. This year it was a little awkward though. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Yeah. It was Uh-oh. like it was like, it was oh, like I didn't even show up. The, I didn't bother. The, the ex-wife oh, and the girlfriend yeah. to the same party. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> Basically, like, the the simplest way to put it, the place stopped being family at one point. Yeah, it's we let not. we let the uh, the dark shit sneak in the front door, and and nobody decided to let let the dark shit out the back door, and it just uh. hovered and stayed. And, and uh, well, they buckled but, onto it more than anything. Yeah, which, that sounds which like sucks. a leap. It, yeah, there was. It wasn't it's just one drove, thing. No, yeah, it was it's what drove me out the door. Yeah, it was like five multiple things. Yeah, but you went out and not to get into details, but you went out in a blaze of glory. We're not gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. You, no. you, you ended up walking out of the door and getting a better opportunity. Oh, you yeah. walked out the it door. It was kind of a good coincidence. You got. Yeah. Yeah. Travis, you walked out the door, gave the finger, and and went to literally if if the fire service was the new york yankees and the red sox you left the crappy last place red sox and you went to the yankees when in the prime like the 90s is the best way i can describe it so fair enough it it worked out for you it ended up giving you better opportunities And, and and i can tell you week to week when we do this you have become a a better person and so I think being around that tit, tight, tit, tit, tight knit group of individuals up there has made you a better person <laughs> all the way around. So you're not, you're not so frumpy all the time now. No. <laughs> oh God. I was, I was like, and I still am to an extent, like the poster child of salty just attitude. Cause I'm pissed off all the time. It actually sucks. Cause I used to like live in the station kind of thing. And now I'm just like, I don't want anything to do with you guys. I work my shift. I go home. Fuck it. It ain't worth, it's not worth the stress. And that's happened a couple of times, not just where we are now. Yeah. First, first thing that drove me up was the family thing. I was, I was tired of being under the shadow of my last name. And I'm like, I want to break out. I was like Freddie fucking Mercury. I was like, I want to break free. And I broke free. I, I <laughs> so, and it, it and that it's just tough. But kind of speaking of the mental game, so you were on the squad for the longest time by the sound by the mm-hmm. sounds of it. Did you get burnt mm-hmm. out? Because I, I L.A. County has to yes. be like, yeah. I got absolutely burned out, and I admit that again. Yeah. Very transparent here. Uh, seven years on the ambulance, which is similar, but it's not because you're not in the hot seat. You're not making decisions. You're just driving the ambulance and you're, you know, shuttling the gurney back and forth, basic EMT. Um, but you're still running the same call volume. You're holding the wall at the hospital. It's a different side of it. Becoming a paramedic was cool because I got to now be in that role. Uh, but you're running 15, 20, 25 calls a shift. You're following with the hospital, uh, with the ambulance to the hospital uh, on 90% of those. And uh, 80% are because the captain on scene wasn't comfortable with the decisions that you were making. So a testament to what you guys were talking about as far as getting burned out angry at uh, uh, resentment towards uh, leadership was because certain 
individuals that were in the leadership position did not have a good understanding and handle on their job were making decisions on my behalf. And it was irritating. So uh, I, I thought I had a pretty good uh, amount of experience and a, and a good gut. Yes, I did mistakes, did make mistakes, but uh, as, as a whole, I, th I thought I was a pretty good paramedic. So um, to have people second guessing me all the time was, uh, was frustrating. So uh, it was time to move on. And now I get to enjoy the, the perks of doing the real nitty gritty fireman stuff, which I love because that, that really wasn't like, like you got the idea. I'm, I'm very passionate about the medical side. I love the medical side. I'm a nerd about it, but it's not sustainable, especially, you know, two years, sure, one year, two years, no problem. But five years is, it's, it's a little, it's a little, it's pushing it. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I have the opportunity in my department to ride a quint just based on my seniority. Why not? And I'm weak on that subject. I'm, I'm weak on construction and roof ops. So in my opinion, if I'm weak on a subject, I'll drown myself in it until I get it right. And that's yeah. what I'm doing right now. Um, I mean, if you, and you know, since you brought up the subject, um, Captain Bobby Eckert, I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, he's a, um, a captain in Camden, New no. Jersey. Um, he has this class and literally it is awesome. It is stays true to its name. It is the idiot's guide to building construction. He goes through very basic, like not even knowing anything about building construction. And he kind of goes through it and it's really good. I actually took it a couple weeks back and I was like, Oh, this, this is a good refresher in building construction. And I sat there and I was like, I'm amazed. I, I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to tell people about this. Um, What's it? What is it on? Um, so he, you have to, I'll send you the link to it, um, to his, his Instagram page and stuff. Um, and he holds it pretty frequently all with all this COVID stuff. He's been doing a lot of, um, zoom, um, stuff similar to what we're doing. And that's how I took it. Um, cause he was actually coming up to, uh, Farmington, Maine. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll drive the hour and a half up there to go see him. Cause you know, I've read a lot about it. I have his book. Um, and I was like, okay, well, you know, he's, he's pretty funny. He kind of, he kind of meshes with my line with firefighting and why not? And, and I was like, I've taken like two of his classes and I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. Down and dirty oh, street, smart firefighting. It's a, it's a live event kind of auditorium deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, um, and crap i fucking lost my train of thought it's been happening a lot lately uh, uh we were talking about the uh, uh building construction being a weak point and yeah um but yeah i would i would definitely find out when uh captain eckert is um holding another one of those and and take it it's 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 well worth it and he's very interactive he sits there and he fucking chirps at everybody that that comes in if you sign in early i mean um, for that class, I actually, he is a hardcore um, Philadelphia Flyers fan, and I just randomly just show up really early, decked out in Boston Bruins gear. He's like, that fucking, <laughs> that fucking team, and <laughs> I was like, I was like, I gotta fuck with this guy. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, but now a Quint, so I actually did some research. So a Quint is actually a mm -hmm. dealer truck, correct? 
He gets we to have, ride on the Tiller boys. Oh, that is so awesome. Oh. Uh, what's oh the nearest Tiller? Like Boston? It's the fucking. Yeah. It is the best it fucking. Oh. The last apartment I was on, I always used to joke around with the chief. I was like, man, just get a Tiller. And then you could brag about having the only Tiller in Maine. I was like, come on. It's a selling point. <laughs> You, you would think that Portland, with the tight-ass streets that they have, they yeah. would have a tiller truck. I'm surprised. I know they used to have, like, a snorkel back in the day, but I'm surprised they don't have at least one tiller. Yeah, because getting, they don't I mean, have getting really down, like, free buildings, street. but, like, yeah, exactly. Especially depending on which side you're coming from, if you're going to actually follow the one way. Yeah. That whole intersection there with, like, uh, High Street and everything is just, like, a cluster. Uh, yeah, high. Let's see, High Street, and then you have the other one down the it's other like end. High Street, Free Street, and then there's like a little spur, and then it comes this way, and then Congress does this weird loop. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I think it's just an extension of Congress Street. Um, so the city that we're talking about um, is the city of Portland, Maine. It's it's very similar to Boston. It's um, it's an old farming community that they they just decided to plow like pave over like cow trails. Um, a lot of one-way and streets. over the cobblestones. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's very tight. Um, they have this brand new rescue truck. I'm like, I don't know how they're fucking gonna ever get it down half these streets. Uh, yeah. yeah, which which is kind of cool because that. LA County is is generally cities, and they have a lot of tight streets. And I remember. You know, as I got into the fire service, I was like, man, what what kind of where do I want to go? Because uh, I always wanted, the goal is always full time, been full time. And I was in high school and my guidance counselor was like, so you want to be a fireman? Where do you want to go? So I, I whip out the shopping list. I'm like, New York, LA. She's like, LA. Okay, let's talk about this. That's a different coast. You'll be away from your family. I was like, why do you want to go there? Um, because they got really cool ass trucks and they get to do a lot of cool shit. <laughs> um, so I showed her, I pulled up the video of, I shared it on our, our Facebook page. It's um, LA, LA, it's either LA County or LA City roof operations. And the most memorable one is that guy is not even masked up, doesn't even have a pack on. He's just sounding the roof like five times, throws his ladder and just opens the roof. I'm like, yes. That sounds very <laughs> LA City. <laughs> LA City is very aggressive. They're awesome department. They're, they're yeah. fantastic all the time. They're freaking awesome department. Uh, we're, we're aggressive too, just not as aggressive as that. And they're more, you know, world renowned with truck ops. They're, I mean, John Mintendorf, I don't know if you read that book, Truck Company nope. Operations. He's an LA City fireman. He literally wrote the book on truck company operations. Badass. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have been, a, we don't have a, a ladder truck in our department, but one of the departments I was on in New Hampshire is uh, we had a, a bucket truck, a tower. And uh -huh. um, I happened to, you know, getting on as a, as a, as a probationary firefighter. Um, they, they assigned me to, you know, we were assigned trucks. We never really followed it, but we were assigned to it. And I happened to get the lucky draw of being assigned to, to the tower. So I'm like, I am going to live this up. I'm going to live this to the fullest. So I went out, I ordered a, a red, uh, Boston style helmet front with a red one on it. And I was like, I kind of, I kind of want to red top my helmet. And my buddy's like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> a little too much, too quick. I, 
at that time I was like six years, six years into the service. So you got to earn it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, which is kind of interesting. Like looking at between us on the East coast and you guys on the West coast, I mean, there are some big noticeable differences. Like I think the only department in California that I've ever seen, and I could be wrong. I I'm probably good. I'm wrong. Is is San Francisco? They run they run traditional style leather helmets. And yes. You guys wear the Phoenixes. Yes. Is is that just a just their tradition, and and you guys just aren't allowed to wear leathers, or what's up with that? Yeah, really. Hey, uh, I can't speak for San Francisco because I don't have any friends or experience with that department. Um, yeah. But for us, we're just so big. I mean, as far as the county is concerned, we're so big. 170 plus stations we tend to get the lighter, easier to work with, uh, replaceable equipment. And that includes uh, the rigs. So we don't yeah. have the rigs because when we need to do an order of new rigs, we got to order hundreds of them instead of one or two. Yeah. So some of the departments around that, that uh, uh, around us that have two, three station departments, they can get the, the high llama stuff. So uh, the leather stu- uh, helmets, they're a lot more expensive. And uh, we're stuck with the Phoenix plastic ones. Not that they're any better or worse. The leathers definitely look a hell of a lot cooler. Uh, uh, and I'm sure there's a lot more advantages to that. But we just, I've just accepted the fact that we're so big physically that we have to settle for a very base equipment. Nope. And there is nothing wrong with the helmet you guys wore. I've actually been kind of like, all right, well... I'm leaning towards one of these helmets because it has a dual purpose. I'm like, well, I could use it as my wildland helmet and my structural helmet and you kill two birds with one stone. I don't have to grab two helmets, you know, during the summertime. Right. Um, but also aggressiveness. I mean, we've kind of just alluded to it that you get guys assembly more aggressive than we are. Um, not so much my mindset because I don't believe in transitional attack. I don't even know what the hell that word means. It's like either you're going in or you're (laughs) Michael with his air quotes. Um, It's either we're going in and we're putting the bitch out or we're going to stand outside with our thumbs in our asses. You need to make a decision. Um, Me, I rather. I have the very uh, uh, awesome privilege to work alongside with uh, chief Daryl Calconis who's the chief in charge of our training who was a spearhead, a, a big leader in that idea. And his thing, you know, behind closed doors, behind the videos and all that stuff is his big thing was transitional attack was not made to replace anything. It was just another tool to add to your basket, your tool, your, your carousel or whatever you want to call it, uh, to use in conjunction with traditional firefighting methods. So you are going to go inside, you are going to get to the seat of the fire, uh, but you're just going to use transitional attack to aid that especially with our department, since we have so many resources on scene, we're on top of each other and looking for jobs and elbowing each other to get something to do. One uh, uh, company can be attached to transitional attack while others are doing rescue and others are doing roof ops and another is making the internal push. So sure, that's not going to be the glamorous job to get the transitional attack. We know that, but it's part of the piece of the puzzle and it can be used. Not necessarily all the time, but it is used when we can. Right. Um, I don't know about the YouTube boys, but I started watching live rescue and they follow, I think Sacramento a lot. 
And I'm like, well, those, those guys know how to do it. Like they, they pull up and they just, they just fucking went to work. They're like, no ifs, ands, or buts. Everybody hopped off the truck. Everybody knew what job they needed to do. And they just went and did it. Um, which here I've been to, wow, about a month ago, we were constantly out the door for a job. And like every week, it seemed like we were going out for a structure fire and not Michael, Michael, Michael missed out. Um, I chose to stay home. It's different. Yeah. Um, it's a story. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> uh, but it just, it just, actually, no, you actually went to one. We were first due on one in a brush truck. That, that was different. We were first doing a brush truck. <laughs> um, and it, it, I just, I am just amazed uh, on, on watching guys. Cause it's mainly full time out there and just watching them, how they just work. It's like, it's like, it's like clockwork. It's like, you don't even miss a beat. It's amazing. I mean, fascinates me. Kind of jealous. There's a lot of pride there. There's a lot of pride there. And, uh, we just, you know, just like with anywhere, you don't want to look unprepared. You don't want to look like a fool. Uh, so you will prepare with your crew. And there are some crews that look like a bunch of buffoons and their training speaks for that. Uh, and that's their choice. But if you have any bit of pride, like we're talking about brotherhood, uh, there's no better way to increase morale than to go out and do a 30-minute, one-hour drill. Not anything crazy. Put the stick up, you know, put some rag on the, on the ground. Not a big deal. Uh, do a, a, a long, you know, alleyway, for, uh, a, a simulate an apartment or anything. Uh, and it's just a testament to your training. Um, but it all comes back to pride. If you have any pride in the job, if you love it and you have love for your crew, you, you got to, I have the privilege of working with awesome guys in, in the station, the, the all three shifts. So we're interchangeable. We're working trades, we're working overtimes, whatever. Uh, we know that we can fit into certain roles. Uh, and because we're friends inside and outside the job, someone says, Hey, let's go drill. You're like, yeah, let's do it. Cause we're just basically running plays like we're on a football team or something. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and, Wow, that actually, um, uh, Chief Nick Martin, he is a, where is he from? Columbia, South, North Carolina. Um, he actually talks about that in his classes. He's like, you don't see football teams during practice. How many football, actually, I have to get the quote right because it's going to bug me if I don't. How many, fo you don't see football teams not touching the football during practice. It's always full contact. And you're touching the football, getting your reps in, and that's how training should be in the fire service and practice how you play exactly um i think i actually made a post about that the other day um and one of one of my first um shifts in on the department because we run per diems we um run a full-time 24 7 crew on the ambulance um but you work from home from you know at night time um but one of the things is you know we were washing the rigs we were trying to do that pr thing and, you know, one of the lieutenants snapped a picture of me and another firefighter oh. um, washing the rigs. And I, I captioned it. I stole it and I, I didn't steal it. I was like, I'm going to use this. Yes, and I used, it on my I used it on my personal Instagram page. And my caption was pride in your department and pride in your equipment. If you take care of both, they're going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. And and that's how I have always seen it. I mean, I had the fortunate pleasure of spending 12 weeks at the New Hampshire Fire Academy. And it was just guys who love the job, who 
one of the instructors, and I absolutely love him, and I will I will use his name, Bob Welch. Um, he used to be on Rescue One in, in Manchester, New Hampshire. He's also the drum major for the New Hampshire Pipes and Drums Band, so he goes to a lot of funerals. Awesome. And, oh, not, not awesome, but I, I know what you meant. Um, but uh, he was like, I, I push you guys hard here because when you guys get out there and you guys make a mistake and you fuck up, I don't want to go to your funeral. So I'm going to push you hard here so you do the right things there when, it, when the shit's real. And that stuck with me. I'm like, holy shit. And I'm like, I'm like, this guy knows the shit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a bug in his ear just to learn from him because um, you know, he he care he, he's very traditional, he believes in the brotherhood, which is awesome. And I, I and I was like, I really like you. And he actually became he's he's a hard ass. He's a I'm gonna say it, he's a fucking asshole when the first day he comes in and trains you. But as you start getting going and he starts seeing who the, who's going to make it in the job and he kind of like, Hey, Hey, good job. He kind of like befriends you. And uh, I know exactly. And that's, that's how it should be. I'm not going to bust your balls and be a dickhead because I want to be, no, I want to make sure that you're going to be able to do this job. When the shit hits the fan, you're going to be up my ass making the push to the fire. And Part of the team. Exactly. Um, why does Why does Master Yoda screw with uh, Luke Skywalker when he first meets him? Same same concept. Exactly. I'm so so glad we tied a Star Wars reference into this whole talk about do. firefighting. <laughs> fucking with Luke, and Luke's like, "Fuck this! It's swampy. It's wet. I can't stand this shit." He's being impatient, and Yoda's like, "I can't. I can't train him. Nope. I can't do it. He sucks." Same my, concept. My my fucking dad. I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. He's and then he dropped the fucking Yoda bomb of uh, "There's no try" <laughs> on me. I'm like, you son oh, of a bitch. <laughs> this when when Yoda's able to use the Force and lift Luke Skywalker's X-wing out of the swamp. What is Luke's reaction? I don't believe it. And Yoda says, "That's why you fail because you don't fucking believe." That's step one. You gotta be into it. If you believe in this, in this, you believe in the brotherhood, you believe in the department, you're naturally going to give back. You're naturally going to be motivated and you're going to be happy, which is the ultimate goal. Yep. And Travis, you want to jump in on that? Because again, we, we talked about it like 20 minutes ago, how one simple flipping of the bird just made you a better person all the way around. And now, you know, we get these, awesome videos of you being like, Oh, look what I get to do guys. I'm, I'm, I'm driving the rig today. You know, you, <laughs> we never got that when you were on our department and, and now we're getting them and you're like, I'm on the engine today. I'm on the squad today, boys. And it's, it's really awesome. You know, to see that, just that, that little change. And you're like, I fucking love it. And you know, it just, it, the biggest thing that pushes that is really just how I'm going to sound cliche with this, but it's the overall feel of the department itself. Granted, I mean, just as with anything else, it has its rocky days. It has, it has days where, you know, people are like, oh, I don't want to be at work, but it's, it's, it's a good department. People are on their shit. They like to train and 
they don't you, you don't ever run into you ask somebody for help or you want to go over something like do we do it? just go look go look it up on youtube no when in the department we all three work on that happens a lot and i got tired of it or you weren't in the you weren't in the clicks so you didn't get to go see the cool shit or be a part of the cool stuff sometimes it would be scheduled when you weren't around which to summarize the place where i used to work with those with mike and john it's it's a good old it unfortunately it's a good old boys club you have to meet a certain mold or you become a target and it it shows even out on scenes me which is even more regrettable Um. but no the the transformation i felt after leaving that department was within a week because going to work where i am now like there is there's so many people in this department like there's shifts that I will be around complete strangers. And I'm like, uh, uh, hi, I'm Travis. And I'll be that, that guy who's just sitting in the corner, like, all right. And I kind of feel out the crowd a little bit, <laughs> but no, it, it's, so I'll stop rambling. It, it's awesome. The, the change I felt after about a week of being out, I just, I wasn't frustrated anymore. The, constant pissiness left and it just it was a good change overall i mean and you're a call guy on another extremely busy well i can't say it's busy but on the ems side you don't see many fires it is not anymore no i mean well obviously never so today actually kind of confirmed it for me um i work as a medical assistant in a clinic and one of our patients is, I was she was like telling me the story I'm like you should call 911 she's like but I can't go with my mom I'm like that shouldn't stop you there is clearly an an emergency for your mom you know if you can't go physically into the hospital they'll at least you know one of you can go right around the you know right behind the ambulance and when you get to the hospital go in and say hey my mom's here can you give me an update they'll at least give you that. Um, and she, in like literally 10 minutes after I got off the phone with her, we see the update that she actually went to the hospital. I'm like, Hmm, I think I, I feel like my talk and kind of may uh, reassure her that the hospital's still going. It's not full of COVID patients. It's that we run an ER for a reason. It's an emergency and your mom's having a psychological emergency go on it's okay if you're you're not gonna get COVID if you go into a hospital i mean we're all masked up and and it's crazy that the entire world thinks that the entire hospital's overfilling with these patients and they're not we have literally 13 patients admitted to our hospital right now with COVID. that is it 13. and i'm sure it's pretty heavy out in california obviously which yeah, and that's that's thirteen at the biggest hospital in the state. The only level one trauma center in the yeah. state. Yeah. Yeah. So and being able just to talk people down is the the biggest thing. And you know, we had a fire a while back, and and me and Mike were on it. We were actually the 
the first two, we were actually joking about it a while, um, about five minutes ago or so. And, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, my, my, my experience kicked in. Cause I've, you know, I've been doing this job since I was 16. I know a thing or two, or I think, I think I know a thing or two. And my, me and Mike, we were debating all the way to this fire. Like, Oh, we should start a second alarm. We should start a second alarm. As and, you should. Yeah. And it was, well, I was like, Hey, <laughs> You know, we're two miles away and we see a smoke column. Uh, this is Pretty a rural community. Thick. It's not unreasonable to call a first right now, so let's do it. And then we yeah. get there and the barn's fully involved, extending to the house. We didn't know it was abandoned yet, but I was like, again, water supply is going to be our issue. Let's go to a second. In retrospect, the only thing I would have done different is instead of a second alarm, I would have requested a tank or task force. That's the only thing I would have done differently. Yeah, first alarm. I was just <laughs> like... I know I will get more water with a second, so I'm just going to call it. Yeah. What do you guys get on a... Uh, oh, God, I don't remember. So, obviously, it's different. Automatics um, are a ladder, another engine, a tanker. I'd have to review, but a first is just, like, more engines, more tankers. Yeah. yeah. But this particular... This... Rescue issue. Uh, like you're saying, you had a you had an exposure... So that's already that's going to tie up another couple of resources right there. Yeah, and and initially the second alarm got called off, and then the acting deputy chief got there, and he had thick swirling brown smoke coming out of the eaves. He's like, "Oh, maybe maybe I should keep my second alarm coming." And at, maybe by this we should time, actually do that. Yeah, I'm like, "Why are you?" And I and at one point I was like, "Man, I'm I'm rolling over my head." And I'm like, oh, we got we got mutual aid companies coming in from New Hampshire. I'm like, hey, we should switch to our TAC channel and our dual band repeater in the truck. And and I was I was pretty much blown off on that. And I'm like, okay, hey, you know how we're using UHF and they're using VHF. Hey, we have a thing that makes us talk to each other. Maybe we should use it. Nah. And I, I pretty much got that. I got the whatever kid. You're wearing a black helmet, and it was from a red helmet. And I'm like. The same. <laughs> I'm like, eee. okay. And then like that's another story in itself, but and two minutes later, <laughs> I hear, is there. and two minutes later, I hear, Hey, we should switch the dual band repeater on. I'm like, and I actually said it out loud. I'm like, huh, who, who thought of that? <laughs> There's an idea. And the truck had actually finally shown up. Yeah. I mean, it, was th it was third uh, dude. And your tacticals VHF. Now we use UHF. So uh -oh. for some reason, for some reason, the county we're in is like the only county in the state that uses UHF. So really what it is, is like New Hampshire uses V-Fire 21 as the channel for like everything. And then we're on our UHF. So we just have a repeater to do our tactical frequency into the like state tactical frequency. That's really all it is. Okay. That and we can do a bunch of other channels, but that's really what the common... Um, words that's what the whole point of it really is of as to why we have the crossband repeater yeah so then they don't have to get their own radios they could just keep using theirs gotcha. and they don't have to when they're when the <clears throat> excuse me i'm going through puberty now um when the officer hops off the truck because you know our neighboring departments are primarily full-time um so when the officer hops off the, the rig they don't have to grab another radio they can just you know switch to you know you know, be fire 21. And it's like, Oh, now we can talk. 
Um, but yeah, that was a that was a pretty pretty cool fire. Haven't been one like that, and it came out as a barn. And when you think, and I've been to several barns because the community I used to live in, we were a small farming community, and and I'm like, okay, it's a barn. It doesn't have to be very big, big but uh, it was a big barn. And then it's extended to the house. I'm like, oh fuck. And when I get up there, I just my instincts kick in and I start looking and I see footprints going into the house. I'm like, ah, fuck. And I yelled down and we, um, I was like, I need another person so we can at least go down and make it, make a good, uh, a decent search. Cause this fire is coming at us hard. Yeah. And I'm like, we got to go in here and at least make a, an attempt to do a search. Um, but luckily enough, it was legit abandoned which you never ever every building is occupied Um, until you prove it isn't Mm -hmm. Um, we had to go back for a week we had to go back and do some massive overall on that the next day um but that was fun it was good training for our 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 explorers so actually that entire fire was a good training for their explore our explorers because i was like one of them was like right here on me he's like what can i do i'm like here's the hose hold this spray there (laughs) Um, cause we weren't going in, um, which kind of leads me to collapsed like five minutes into being on scene or something. I didn't see that. I was on the other side. So apparently it happened. I heard it. I was doing water supply. So yeah, I walk out to go to rehab and I look down the street and I'm like, what the, I literally said this out loud. I'm like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> cause I made the call and I stand by my call. We made the call. We I made encouraged the call. you we, to. We debated from the time we left our detail all the way to when we got to the end, the, the end of the driveway. And we were like, yep, we're, we're, we're doing this. That's uh, the thing. It was a discussion. It wasn't just like you being like, no, we shouldn't. Me being like, no, it was like, all right, let's actually think? run through what's going on. What do you think? Let's go back and forth. And then I, I think I literally said at one point, I was just like, fuck it. Who cares? You could always cancel units. Yeah, it was like right when we were like, we could start to see the glow of the fire, and you're like, "Fuck it, we can always just call it." And no, I, had I was two, like, "You could turn people away." Yeah, I literally we pulled up. You got the we got the B side built. I don't know how you guys do it, but you know we do the, the A B and C. Yeah, A B C. Yep, it's easy. We're fire firefighters. were generally just stupid knuckle draggers. So easy. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, or A C A B C D. Um, ADCB. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, uh, <laughs> proves my point. Um, so we had heavy fire on the A side and the B side. I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. and it's just extending down towards us, getting closer. Um, so, I, but that that's what, and to me, that's what pro- proves the leader is you talk to your crew and be like, okay, guys, what do you think? Because I could have been wrong. Michael could have been right. Mm-hmm. But we discussed it and we went. We, it didn't matter who was right or wrong. <laughs> the job got yeah, done, the right. fire went out. <laughs> Make a good way I look at it. Yeah. The way I look at it is it doesn't matter who's right or wrong. Did anyone get hurt? Did anyone die? It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. You did the job, you got it done. No one got killed. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it didn't take you like nine hours when you could have done it in one, then maybe it's a little iffy. But other than that, I. Again, I, I, these guys know it. Um, 
but one of my favorite videos, and I share it quite often with these guys, it is from Captain Eckert, and he was doing a National Fire Radio on tap event, and he standing next to this giant, you know, fermenter, and he's like, everybody wants to be a fireman until it's time to be a fucking fireman. And, you know, everybody uses, everybody wants to do gangster shit until it's time to do gangster shit. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that's the same thing as I look at it. We get into this job because we love to do it. I want to do it because I love fucking running down a hallway with fire rolling over my head. And plus I get to, you know, save kittens. But, you know, but, yeah, I lost my train of thought. I'm going on a soapbox and I don't want to go down that alley. Yeah. I'll bring it all back for you. Uh, that brings it all back to the person that puts themselves out there and puts their face out there and their experiences and their personal story is the person I want to work with because that's the same person that's going to want to do all that cool shit you're talking about. The one that hides, keeps things secret, they don't want to do the gangster shit. No. Everybody, everybody likes to talk a big game until the, the big game actually here is here and it's like, okay, let's go, let's go. You know, um, well, I had one last thing, but it's not your, it's not your strong suit, but it's talking about building construction. Um, <laughs> Buildings <laughs> build. Give it a shot. <laughs> um, but we were talking about it and like the shingles out there, do you guys have like the regular shingles or is that that, that clay stupid shit that you step on and it just slides on you? Ceramic. Great topic. So, shoot, a month or two in, I never uh, into this new station that I've been at. I've been there since October of last year. Um, I've never been on a clay roof before, and I heard about if you get on a clay roof, break it. You got to break it up because it's slippery, especially if it's you know condensation or anything on there. It, they're just slippery, just without any water. Right. So we have those traditional Spanish style uh, clay roofs, and it's a pain in the ass to bust through. So the two guys, uh, the engineer and the fireman in front of me worked their asses off breaking those things with the hooks. I, I had the saw, uh, and I was pretty much basically standing there watching them work while they, they, you know, used all their energy breaking that shit up. And cause they had to not only do in front, but the left and the right as they're going up and they had to sound. So not only are they breaking the stuff, but they had to make sure that the, the structure was structurally sound. It was a single family dwelling, uh, uh, new, newer construction, very lightweight. Um, so we were, we were really uh, babying our way up there. Uh, and the other caveat to that is we have clay tiles that look like wood shake Yep. as a stylistic choice for that developer. So newer developments want that uh, craftsman style look for their home. So they have a uh, clay tiles that look just like uh, uh, wood shake roofs. But then you have to bust those up too, and it's a, it's a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, it, so I have that experience with that. So yeah. luckily, I had a good answer for you there. <laughs> luckily, yeah, which is awesome because I think on the last episode we were actually talking about it, just how shitty it must be to you know not be able to take a step and then just you know have that fear of sliding off the roof. I mean, there is a video when I took a writ class. We actually they actually showed it is a guy stepping onto one of those roofs and falling right through naturally. I saw that same one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's we've shitty, all yeah. seen that one. Was it Arizona? Was it Arizona? I think. 
Yeah, and the guy literally, and uh, and they only show the clip of him falling through. What they don't sh- show is his head only went to here. He actually just <laughs> fell, and he's he's literally just neck high, his head sticking out of the roof. He's lucky. Um, so, um, which was still pretty freaking scary. I mean, you're seeing all that smoke billowing out, and then the guy dropping through the, the freaking roof, which is fucked. Um, because he didn't, he didn't sound it. At least it didn't look like he sounded the roof, but. Yeah, I know. I think I know the video you're talking about. Um, it just, it gives you a really false sense of security when you're on one of those roofs because it looks dirty. And when you're stepping on it with your boots, it feels sturdy. But, and like I told you, you have to break through that initial tile to even get to the roofing material to feel what you have underneath you. Right. So, um, you really got to do the work to, to bust it up. The, the positive about that, though, is because they're so slippery, as soon as you break it, all the remains tend to slide yeah, off. Yeah, the rest of them go away, which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the only equivalent we would get is a metal roof. Yeah. Fairly common in New England. And the reason oh, is because is once it heats up, the snow slides right off. Oh, so God. Those give me the heebie-jeebies personally. Oh, metal roofs give you the heebie-jeebies? A little bit, a little bit. I personally structure underneath the, the members you know uh, i can't remember if they just do it on top of plywood or if it's just right on top of the joists um, oh. in mobile homes it is literally just the metal roof and then the then the trusses, trusses yeah oh. and then there's actually two roofs on a mobile home up here um at least my experience is you get the reg- regular truss and then the metal roofing and then you actually have the flat um mobile home ceiling roof right. that's underneath it uh-huh. um but once in to travis's point it's 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 creepy because you're standing on top of metal and it doesn't take very much heat to heat up aluminum and it's spongy um, yeah use rotary saws to cut through that yeah oh yeah um i'm sure someone would just do it with a bullet chain you know what work. that's one too or you know what if you're really fucking ballsy just take a, a boston hook and just hook and peel i um, not a metal roof but i have vented with a flathead axe before and it's not fun yeah you use the wrong end didn't you you use the, you use the wedge <laughs> the flat end you? just hammer through it hit the boy. <laughs> that, that's no, actually the one? trick that I've, I've watched is you take yeah. the flat and it's actually lieutenant mike champo he actually shows you you take the, the flat end of the thing and you just pile away and you can you can you can vent the roof with a flathead axe um which is actually kind of cool i was like oh shit and um mike champo he's a fdny lieutenant and you know, on this side, he's 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 the end all be all. He knows his stuff, um, which is kind of interesting. I think of what they call it, what the pig, where it's the flathead with no actual. Yes, uh, it's the yeah. pig. That's it. Or um, not the flathead. It's the pig-headed axe with no blade. Yeah, I couldn't remember what it was called. Well, in the in the in the thing of it is, is the way he was describing it is when you put the wedge end into the roof, it gets stuck like a wedge. So why not flip it around and put the 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 blunt end into the roof and they make your cut that way. See, if I had known that would have made my life easier. You too, brother. Right. This was also, (laughs) it's like almost three years ago at this point. Yeah. Why learn from your guy when you can learn from YouTube? Exactly. Right. (laughs) But learn from making the mistake yourself and then figuring out, Hey, there was a lot better way way to do that. You fail. And guess what? We will, we'll circle back to the beginning where you fail and you learn. 
Yep. Um, make the same mistake twice. Exactly. Right. Um, I didn't even make note of this, but kind of following you on Instagram, um, I noticed you do a lot of artwork. And mm -hmm. judging, I was just about to say, the artwork behind you has to be yours, right? All mine. All of it, yeah. Yeah. So if you guys haven't seen his, his stuff, go check it out. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, so do you do... I heard that you did a lot of t-shirt designs and you're like, fuck this, I'm out. Yep. Because it just got too busy. Uh, I got too busy and, uh, and firemen like to micromanage. Uh, and, uh, you know, when it gets into the group setting and voting and shit, it's, uh, it's a pain in the ass. And they have no idea what it takes and the work that gets put into it. They think just because it's digital and just because you're using a computer that it somehow makes it easier. Not the case at all. Again, just like with anything else, it's just a tool. Sure, you're gonna use a chainsaw over an ax because it makes things a little bit easier, but if you don't know how to work that chainsaw, how good of a job are you gonna do? Right. You gotta put in the work and get the knowledge. Same thing. Uh, so it, it still takes a lot of work. It's all done by hand. I, it's, it's all drawn like, like I do on a piece of paper. It's just on a screen now. That way I can share it. Um, and the amount of work that I was putting in for the monetary value that I was receiving, plus the stress, it just wasn't worth it. So I started doing the podcast for free to give back to the community and give back to the kids. The target audience is like explorer age to, you know, a rookie fireman and basically right. uh, giving uh, tidbits and nuggets and, and things like that and sharing my experiences to make it a little bit easier on them. Cause I did not have that uh, per se for me. I had my dad as a resource, but, we're living in the YouTube social media age and I have a voice. Why not share it? So right. I'm finding much more uh, a value and uh, fulfillment and happiness in giving this information out for free rather than charging for a talent that I've always had. Right. And, and like I was on my lunch break and I was like flipping through your Instagram story. I'm like, okay, this is a pretty cool fire truck. And then like, I was like, and then like 30 seconds later it was like done. I'm like, how the fuck does he do that? But I'm like, that has to take all day. Like that was over the sitting around and being bored and um and the Thompson Speedway truck. I was like, wow, that's pretty fucking cool. Um yeah, that's all one design coming together for a, a charity golf tournament. So that's another thing is I wanted to be more available to raise money and be a part of, you know, like you're we're talking about the brotherhood, giving back, being available for for guys that are hungry for knowledge. I didn't want to be the salty guy that's there like if you come with a question and you have a, a thirst for the knowledge, I want to be readily available to provide that. And doing the designs was not that, that route. So uh, giving that up as a side business is great because it's freed me to use that talent for uh, giving back and, and, and just friends and, you know, close people and for myself, really. Yeah. And uh, definitely. Um, I don't know how, how many episodes you've gotten in. I know that our, we, we go quite, as you can tell, we, we spiral and then we come back on course. Um, so it makes our episodes quite long. Um, but you know, it has to help out with like the dark shit that I was talking about in the beginning, just being able to like free, like kind of meditate and kind of just let go and just kind of draw. Um, mm -hmm. It must have help out with the mental health kind of aspect of it. I preach a thousand percent because I've been to the edge, you know, based on what we were talking about. 
Uh, I'm, I'm very passionate about the mental health aspect, and I'm glad that that is now a thing that is getting uh, the focus and forefront uh, with with us as a as a brotherhood and a career. Um, and I preach sticking and finding balance uh, uh, with talent with uh, uh, hobbies. If you like to golf, you love to fish, hunting, uh, whatever have you, uh, uh, a painting. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of a lot, I'm learning. A lot of guys are fishermen. You're outside. You're getting sun rays. You're it's it's a great great thing, and you're stressed out at work. You know, people aren't helping you, or you had a busy night. To go and have something to decompress with that makes you a normal human being is huge, and it makes you a normal human being. Go figure. Right. So uh, it goes back to that concept of if you have a saucer with a coffee mug on top, you feel that coffee mug is you. You fill it up and it overflows and the saucer is everyone else around you. They reap the benefits of that extra spillover. Now, if people are taking away from that and you have an empty coffee cup, the people around you can't take from that and it's, it's just miserable for everybody. So fill your own cup, fill your own basket, uh, and then it overflows onto everyone else around you and they will reap the benefits as well as you. So not only you're going to be happy, but so is everybody else. Yeah. And, um, and like drawing leads me, get, gets me there. When, yeah, like yeah. you said, I get stressed out and where it's busy. I bust out a, 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 being able to create something from nothing and look back on it. For me, I'm like, man, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, and Travis actually put together uh, episode two. Um, he, where I don't even know how you met James, um, but we, we got on a soapbox of mental health because that was the driving force of this whole thing. Um, everything else has just bloomed on its own. Our whole thing was to be able to create an outlet for the three of us to talk about, you know, the, the service. And, you know, I went through my own mental health shit. And that's the reason why I stepped away for 10 years. Because, you know, being on that busy New Hampshire department, we were seeing fatal car crashes every other week, it felt like to me. And you know, going to a fatal motor vehicle accident that late, I later found out that following Tuesday, well, the next day, actually, it was a good friend of mine. And that sucked. And being able to handle it professionally and personally, it was, it was, it was married together for a very long time. And it still is. Um, professionally, I've been able to let it go and talk about my experience with that. But Personally, I, I, it, it's, I'm still back on that, that sunny October Sunday. Yep. Um, and what you were smelling, wearing the time of day, who was your partner? I mean, you never forget that shit. Yep. And I remember sitting in the, the cab of our heavy rescue truck and talking to my dad. I'm like, I can't believe I'm staring at a dead body right now. And it was covered up, but I'm like, I can't believe we're staring at a dead body. Now I remember, now I know what he's talking about just sitting there for hours at a time waiting for the ME to show up and it's, it sucks because that was a double fatal. So you have the body here and the body over here and it's like, you, you can't do anything. And what really kind of, kind of bring this back to the circle is the three of us, we were at a, um, an active shooter and the three of us were just standing around. It's like, let's fucking go chief. We got to get us in there, but we, we have to make sure that the scene is safe for us to enter. And, and that was really tough waiting seven hours to, 
to know that there's two dead bodies in there. It's like, what the fuck was the point? Right. Um, so that kind of, that kind of dwelled on us a little bit. And that was like one of the first like major incidences with this department. Um, but it was like, you know, and then the stressors of everything. It's like, fuck, I don't even want to be here anymore. I just want to drink my liver into eternity. And it's like, I don't like feeling that way. I want to share these, these feelings with everybody and, and, um, you know, make sure everybody knows it's okay to feel this way. And, you know, just today I was walking through the hospital and I happened to see one of my buddies. Um, he's like, man, I'm really getting fucking stressed. I'm like, Hey brother, my phone's always on, you know, you know, you have my number, text me. And you know, when this shit's all over, we'll, you know, we'll go grab a beer and wings at, at Benga's. Huge. That is huge. It goes a long, long, long way. And the guys that were there for me during my divorce are, you know, we'll still go and we'll hang out and we'll have beers and, and talk about the good times. And it is huge key factor for me being able to have this opportunity to talk to you guys on the East coast and, and do this podcast. I feel like I got a second chance because of the people that have been around me again, the brotherhood, the brotherhood got me through. They saw the signs and symptoms before I did. They reached out to me. They were there for me. You know, I'm very passionate. Uh, Next Rung is a great, great organization. I support them 100%. And uh, I, I see great strides in the next 10 years for mental health in general, but specifically in the fire service. And I really look forward to seeing that. Yeah. And, um, that was the other thing that inspired us is, is Blake and everybody at next run was like, Oh shit, let's, let's do something with, let's try to do something with them in collaboration of what we want to do. And, you know, and, you know, I was talking again, talking about it today, it's kind of weird that everything just kind of just aligned perfectly. I talk with my hands a lot and I don't know why. Um, but I was talking cause again, <laughs> I work in a clinic where geriatric folks with dementia, um, you know, that's our, that's our, our thing. And I was talking to our psychiatrist. I was like, I'm actually surprised they haven't pulled you guys up to the big house yet to talk to everybody. And what kind of sparked that is there's a nurse at a new busy New York hospital and she looked like worn down, like a 12 hour day looked like a 24 hour day for her. And she actually shared something personal, you know, as a nurse or in our case, EMTs, paramedics, we in advances, um, we see death at every level. Mm -hmm. But for the nurses and this kind of, this, this shit made it real for me is they're the ones that are there with the people holding their hands when they're dying. They're the ones holding the face, the, the iPad while they can FaceTime families and holding the phone while they call. And they, you know, mental health, if, if mental health was an issue before this shit started, it's definitely going to be an issue now. I mean, we're having doctors commit suicide. We're having EMTs commit suicide. It's, it's fucked. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be just a, Hey, and I, the guys on your crew, um, Zuni, they, they noticed before you did. I mean, you're a, you're an outgoing guy. You're, you make people laugh. I shit, you make me laugh. And I know if fucking something started showing up dark on your shit, I'm going to, I have your number now and be like, Hey bro, you okay? Yep. 
And, and that's the way it should be. And I never had that. I, it was until I got down to the bottom of the Jack Daniel bottle one night and I said, fuck me, I need help. Yeah, and yeah. I made the choice because I got down to that, that last bottle. I was killing a bottle of Jack Daniels a night. And it's like, that's not good. You know, because you just want the pain to go away. Yeah, I did this. Uh, this is for. This was for next rung. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, I, we we've seen that, guys. Yeah, that made into uh, that was made into an eighteen by twenty four print framed, and I sent it to them. Uh, several several people have 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 taken this, but uh, that's the West Coast version. But I did one with a uh, an East Coast uh, leather helmet uh, per their request. But I love, I love what they do. Yeah. They were a guest on one of our episodes via via the over the phone, and um, there is no shame in going to a therapist. There's no shame in seeking help. No shame in airing out your stuff. Get help. Get through it. If it's even if I mean getting a beer like what you guys are talking about, it's this. This is all. There, there's a theme here today. I'm thinking, and it's uh, you know, it's the camaraderie. It's got to be strong. Um, recognize when your team members are down and let's lift each other up. And I don't care if we're on the East coast, the West coast, middle America, Texas. I don't, I don't care. We're all here for the same goal. Let's band together and let's do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it kind of, kind of uh, came into its own about this whole brotherhood thing. Um and I, and I love it. I could sit here for another two hours if everybody's available, just, just sitting here chit-chatting and, and creating something nice. And I, I, I kind of just made that post of, hey, we're looking for guests just, just for shits and giggles because we were, were like, we're running out of fucking topics, guys. And, and I was like, man, we should really reach out, branch out, see who's interested in coming on with us because we have such a, a little bit of a following on Instagram and Facebook. And, and then you just – like two hours it felt like after i made that post it's like hey when you want to when when can i come on i was like fuck yeah and, yeah um, and that's, that's exactly what i'm talking about let's let's take action we we talk a big game we repost other people's stuff you know we oh this is bitching that's bitching we argue over what wood ladders versus aluminum and all that. i always make that joke in my podcast um but let's actually do it and and this time especially with covid this is our time to relight the campfire back in the days exactly. Back in the days, we'd, 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 you know, I'm talking about Old West. You know, I love Tombstone and all that stuff. I love that shit. That's what inspired this mustache. Sorry, oh, yeah. I don't shake hands. <laughs> Back. Uh, lighting the campfire and telling stories and the senior guy, telling the new guy, hey, relax, or telling stories or whatever. This COVID is our opportunity to get on Zoom as a digital campfire to get on here and tell our stories. And that's what we're doing today. That's what we should keep doing. And uh, it's just, I think this opens the door here. There's so much potential and I'm super stoked about it. And I'm so happy that, yeah. uh, that you guys allowed me to, to be on here with you guys. Well, we, we appreciate it that you trust us to, to come on and, um, and, and share your stories uh, with us. I mean, just listening to you, I was like, fuck, I, I, I kind of want to go to LA County and get a sign to this guy's firehouse. And hopefully oh, he's sure. my senior man. Um, <laughs> You know, but, and we, we've talked about it, even in the first episode, I feel like the senior man role is not existent anymore. It's, it's, you come into the firehouse. Oh, what? It's checking boxes. 
it feels like it's just the, mm -hmm. a, the check of a box. It's like, that's not it. Get through probie school, get into a firehouse, learn from the senior guy. And what stood out to me is I, I listen to a lot of firefighting oriented pod, podcasts. I almost call them podcasts. Um, podcast. Podcast. <laughs> and the ones that I, I listen to is the most is Chief um, Salka and, and Chief Lasky. And Chief Salka, he is retired FDNY. And he's like, I remember back in the day when a probie would come into the firehouse and the senior guys would fight over him. I'm like, that's what we need nowadays is we need the senior guys to step up. And I, I get it. They're burnt out and they don't, they're fucking counting the days to retirement, but make fucking, <laughs> make fucking good time of the time you, you have left in the firehouse, pass your knowledge down. Cause that's the only way we're going to, this fire service is going to live or else we're going to end up being like England, nothing wrong with it, but we're going to end up being exterior firefighters. And the only oh, time oh. we're going to go in is if there's immediate life threat. That's yeah, why well, we left there. That's why we left there and we started our new <laughs> shit over here. Exactly. We're doing it our way. We're fighting fires with hookers and booze and gambling. It sucks over there. We're not. <laughs> we're the fire department, and and we came here. We started our new shit. Great traditions on the East Coast that are slowly making their way over. You guys have way more conferences, way more training. You guys are so tight over there, and we're we're working on that over here. Um, but yeah, that's why we left over there because it sucks. Uh, <laughs> make it America again. Make firefighting great again. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually said I, I can't. I, I think I made that an Instagram post. I was like, make in firefighting aggressive again. It, it's we can do know, it. None of, none of this like pussy footing around. Let's fucking just go in, put the fire out, keep the canteen truck back in the parking spot, and let's fucking go. I have and, to. Ask, I have to ask you guys uh, on our end. Council the squad's a good thing. But I'm seeing on Instagram where Council to the Squad on the East Coast is a bad thing. What, what's that about? Uh, fucking, I, I say cancel the rescue. Fuck that. That's what I, our squad's a rescue. So when we get yeah. canceled, oh well, yeah, it's not a big deal. Or cancel the engine if you're, if you're, if you're, uh, the squads here are a combination of a pumper and a rescue. Okay. So, um, and then you have your ladder trucks and then you got your engines, but cancel the engine you can go home if you're you know if you're a squad guy or a rescue guy or a ladder guy um, i figured if you if I mean, you shit, ever you start... get a chance to talk to a boston firefighter and they're a trucky hold on to your fucking hat because those got the the ladder versus the engine is very very thick in, oh. in boston um so travis bagels if you guys want to keep Zuni occupied for a quick second, I got to go make a pit stop. Right. Go make a pit stop. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, you start coming up to Maine and rescues the ambulance. Yeah. It kind of drives me nuts. I'm like, no, no, not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Well, and where, where I work, the squad is, um, it's basically a rolling tool truck. So it doesn't have a pump or anything on it, but it has the jaws, the ram, and then you've got cribbing in the back end. You've got basically everything you'll need for car fires, structure fire, car accidents, but there's there's no pump on it. Gotcha. Yes, Is there just one guy on there? What's that? I'm sorry? Is there just one guy on there? 
No, it you can usually see, I think, if I remember right, four four people. Oh, okay. And is that not a desirable piece of equipment to be on for that day or usually if it's something big, like well, if a structure fire will roll through, they'll take in um the squad will kind of hang back for a little bit because all the call guys and the live-in students will come in and they'll okay. fill those seats. Oh, but, gotcha. Yeah, but the, the engine will go first, the rescue will go, and if need be, the squad will go, you know, if it, like, just, you know, get out the door, we need to go, we need to go now. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, I was going to say, the last department I was on having Livens as well, it was like, they have two engines, a 95-foot Quint tower, and they didn't have full times, but they had 24-7 staff coverage per diems. And usually it was like, I, this still blows my mind to this day. They so underutilized their tower truck. It was ridiculous. But that's a whole other conversation. Um, oh, God. Pretty much the per diems who were on shift would get in the uh, first new engine and just shit and get. And the second engine, which was the rescue pumper, it was for RIT. It was usually water supply. If there was a fire in town, we used it as the RIT truck for out of town and for car accidents and that was kind of the same deal it was like that truck would generally hang back and it was like the call guys that would take it because usually it would be like per diems and livens would either get in the engine or the engine in the tower and just take off yeah and i feel like there's a uh also a disconnect between what's a quint here and what's a quint out there yes <laughs> what's a quint out there a quint out here is literally just a ladder truck with a pump on it. Uh, thank you. I was just about to say that. I was like, it's just a fucking engine with a ladder on it. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, and it's not a tiller. No, no, no. no the clo it's, it's a, it's a the rear mount or mid, <laughs> yeah. whatever you run. But yeah, gotcha. Yeah, quint is literally just a ladder or a tower truck that has a pump, at least up in Maine. I don't know if it's universally like that. Uh, East it's Coast. New Hampshire too, because so. um, it's also New Hampshire because Newport, New Hampshire has a Quint and they call it a truck. Um, so it's yeah. a lot of truck. But, but I the mean, they, the closest tiller to my knowledge is, is Somerville mass. Yeah. Might be. Yeah, they kind of in Maine, I've seen some departments. It'll be like pretty much the same truck spec, everything pump cross lays, whatever. And it'll just be like, we're call this department's calling it their tower. This department's calling it their truck. This department's calling it their ladder. It kind of is just like whatever. One weird thing that Maine does, though, is as you go along the coast, the departments change off. It'll be like tower, stick, tower, stick, hmm. tower, stick. And they just like Next. trade off as they go up. It's kind of yeah. weird. And, yeah. Um, so now that we're, we're done talking about fire trucks, we're going to start like uh, Mike always makes fun of me for this. I am a br I am a wildland nerd. Okay. Do you do I've any of that stuff, stuff, or is that just like the the engine has it? No, we. Oh, I've done it in the past, but and now that I'm on the Quint or the truck, uh, yeah. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, unless I'm on an overtime or trade, then I got to worry about it. You know, very much. But. Uh, Yes, I, I have been on, you know, campaigns and uh, uh, brush rigs and type threes and all that stuff. So uh, it, it was something that I, that I have done and could potentially do in the future. It's 
our, our department was born of brush. That, that, that was our, our roots are in the brush. That's why we have the bear on our badges because we pretty much, you know, it was a California thing, the California bear. Yeah. Uh, we became the County of Los Angeles, you know, throughout the years and, and everything. But uh, we're very brush heavy. We're training brush all the time. And it's always on. It's very much as an equal part of our job as EMS and structural and, and all the uh, hazman, all that other stuff. Yeah. I mean, these guys hear me talk about it all the time. I'm like, fuck, I wish I could go out to California and just do one fire. That's all I ask. Oh, is I'll give you a story. I'll give you a story here. You're going to love it. So we're, uh, we're in the back of uh, 74's area. Uh, it, uh, there was like three or four fires going on at the same time. This was about three years ago. Uh, and they assigned us to protect a wildlife refuge center. Okay, so nothing like Joe Exotic. Like, like, Guess uh, what, motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> fucking show. <laughs> I had to bring it up. It's topical. That's what it, it is. It's so talkable. So, so we're, we're there, and it's, it's us and uh, two other engines assigned this place exactly. And they had a, a, a chimpanzees, uh, tigers, lions. I mean, you name it. Damn, so what they were doing throughout the day was they were able to get the small, uh, smaller animals, sedate them, and then move them off property uh, via trailers and stuff like that. But the big guys, the lions, the tigers, and the chimpanzees were left behind, and we were stuck behind to protect them. So they... Uh, forced the chimps to get down these metal hallways. I don't know if you've ever seen Planet of the Apes, the, the newer movies. It's very similar to what they do. They, they put them down these metal hallways and lock them in cages overnight, and they're stuck in these little, these little metal cages. And our engine is staged right next to the lion. I mean, literally, like, from here to my, my recliner right here. And all night long, the, the animals can smell the, the smoke, and they, they knew some shit was up. And this lion, you, you never hear or feel the, that power unless it's from a wild animal. And when this thing roared, it shook your insides. I mean, oh. if, if that fence wasn't there. He was gone. I'd be paralyzed. Uh, if, if, if it was between me and him and he was going to eat me, I'd be paralyzed, piss my pants, shut my pants, and then he'd, he'd have his way with me. Because just the roar alone freezes you. Uh, and then all night the chimps were just banging on those, those metal uh, the metal cages and making all kinds of racket. It was a, it was a mess. That was outside of the fire that was completely around us because we're right in the middle of a bowl. So we ended up doing a, uh, a backfire operation with our very, very talented and hardworking, awesome uh, camp crews that we have and uh, assisted them with a backburn, which is fucking awesome to just look at. And yeah. uh, got hot as hell and I got great pictures and footage and I was, I mean, you could fucking feel it. It was great experience and uh, a long night, 24 hours of no sleeping, no eating, but uh, we got the job done. It was another great, great piece of experience. Yeah. Um, I know I've, I don't know about the U2. Um, I do this because they're both angled. Um, I have actually been on a train, a training burn um, where we've had to do some, it's actually a prescribed burn. So we do a lot of prescribed burning out, out in the East coast. I'm not sure what the rules and regulations are, but if you guys could prescribe burn out in California, it would save you a lot of headaches. <laughs> Um, but it's just so goddamn dry out there. You can't probably do it. Um, but, you know, I've been on prescribed burns and it, it, like the fire's coming at us and we're like, yeah, just the, the forest ranger's like, stand here. Don't move. Okay. 
And, you know, I'm that guy who has his sleeves rolled up and my buddy who is now a chief in a New Hampshire department, he's like, your arm's going to get burnt. I'm like, listen, buddy, once the ink starts running off my arm because it's so damn hot, then we'll move. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, I, my first campaign uh, fire um, was amazing. I was like, I want to fucking do this for a living. I, I loved it. I don't have to wear a fucking heavy SCBA. I don't have to worry about getting cancer. Um, but that's know, where the real work is in my opinion. And these guys, the cut, the line cutting, the hiking, the, they're in the, the best shape. Uh, they, they do the hardest work and, uh, they, they earn all the salt that they, that they have and portray or can ever get. And my mad respect to, to wildland firefighters because they, they're shitting and getting and and they, yeah. and they don't get all that respect. It's mm-hmm. all the structural firefighting and glamorous. It's the glamorous stuff. You know what, what we're doing. Save the baby. Right. Kissing. Oh, what do we call it? Uh, saving nuns and, and kissing babies. Uh, <laughs> but it's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's a big part of it. And uh, I've been lucky to be a part of some pretty good campaigns and see that side of it. Uh, but uh, that's, that's just a toll, especially we talk about paramedics and hazmat use are, Wildlands and other just specialty you could just dive in for your whole career and never still master, which is just so damn cool about our job. Yeah. You just, I mean, no topography is the same. And that's, that's the thing of it is you'll never, you never see the same fire twice. Um, you know, and that's the one thing. And like when I got, when I got in and I started getting really hot and heavy into the wildland stuff, it was the whole Yarnell fire thing. Um, which sucks, but so much is learned from that. It's, it's crazy. And I know I was tasked to put together cause I, I'm asked these guys, I'm the wildland nerd. I have my go pack in my truck. And as soon as there's a brush fire, I'm like, nobody needs to give me Viagra. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> missed the big one, but you yeah. missed the big one. Oh boy. I did, and I kicked myself in the ass every time. I have, and I have pictures of it. I remember sending that picture to my dad of that small column. He's like, yeah, that's in the crown. And um, what was it, two years ago, three years ago, we had a 300. Yeah, it was and, like two years ago. Yeah, so a 300, two years ago. It was like 350, which is huge for out here. <laughs> yeah, that is fucking massive for us. And um and I'm, I'm, te- I'm texting every fire chief that I know. I'm like, hey, you, you guys going to Sanford? You guys going to Sanford? And they're like, nope, nope, we're on standby. I'm like, please let me go with you. And that's what I was like. I was, I was like trying to work deals. I was like Bill Belichick in, in, I'll my, give in you the $10. war room trying to get onto this fire. Um, I had my shit ready to go. I had my work boots on. I had my greens and yellows on. I'm like, let's fucking go. <laughs> You could um, honestly, the screwed up thing is you could have just shown up and walked in probably. You really could have. Yeah. There was, there was, I think like two or three different command posts and there was just so many departments there. You could have just been like, yeah, I'm with this and just walked in. I'm, a, I'm, with, uh, I'm with this department over here. Yeah. going to come over with the department that I responded to because literally there were only two of us that ended up showing up. Well, three can, you know, counting the deputy chief, but there was only three of us with that department. And the thing that, and ask these guys, again, it, what chaps my ass about brush fires out here is everybody shows up in structural gear. I did that once. I did that I mean for my that first picture? one, and I will never do it See again. See those structural pants? Yep. That's that exact fire we're talking about. Gotcha. 
Elijah he's got a forestry Rose. jacket on, though. Yeah. Well, at least yeah. he's got the yellows on. Right there. <laughs> um, yeah, nothing pisses me off than seeing somebody show up at a brush fire with structural gear on. I'm like, you are useless as tits on a fucking bull right now. I you're going to get with... 10 feet down the trail, and you're going to be like... <sighs> Yeah, no, I, I can't fucking, talk. I got stuck with the pants too. You got fucking. I was also brand new, and like I was lucky that I had a set of structural gear issued. <laughs> yeah, we'll see that. That was the, just an awkward day for us. <laughs> the fire I got stuck on in full structural gear was um, I was. You got a pest. So like, we're gonna halt. <laughs> yeah, I was. Well, I mean, I was a. Uh, I was just starting out. I was a uh, exterior guy. I didn't have anything, but I had. I had my bunkers. And we go rolling out to um, Old Orchard Beach up here for their yep. first huge fire. Oh, for the, and I'm like, uh, the fires? So, yeah. So oh, like, you mean, uh, hang I on, mean, wait. It, the fire? The fire? No, 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 no. The the one caused by the Amtrak. Oh, that, <laughs> it, it was that, yeah, fire. that one, actually. <laughs> here I am, I'm like, oh, well, that fire. By the way, as we make these jokes, someone was charged for arson in that fire. That's why we make these jokes. Not the Amtrak fire, but the one we were making the joke about. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, I ended up, the first one, that Amtrak one, I was like, oh, it's a fire. Okay, I'll put on my fire gear. No, don't do that. That's yeah. like, You're, you're going to be sucking and hating life if you do that shit. If I was, I got maybe... 50 feet away from the truck and I had fire up to my thighs and I'm like, wow, this really, really, really sucks. I'm getting really tired really quickly. Wait, was this the brush fire that just happened? And I'm like, and I'm like no. texting you and you're not answering me. I'm like, motherfucker, why isn't this guy texting me? Oh, no, 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 no. This is years ago. Years <laughs> this ago. This is like, what, five years ago? Six years? Oh, like, yeah, what? the Steel Orchard Beach thing, yeah. Um, the first one. The second one. Oh, the like, second I'm, one. That that the one. Second one that had help from the fire chief. Yeah. Yep. I still get pains in my knees. Yeah, the story about that. that. Zuni came in at the wrong time. We're just reminiscing about wildland stuff. And um, a while back, I can't remember how long ago it was. There is video footage of the 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 fire department's fire chief getting out of his command vehicle, going up. Looks like he's puffing on a cigarette, and he hucks it, and it's super oh, dry. Everything's great to talk about this because he's been charged with it. Yeah. If we can can find the video, we'll have to send you the link. It's yeah. I gotta see that. Yeah. Um. I bet you I can. I bet you I can find it real quick. I bet you I know somebody who can get get us the video. And um. Yeah. It was It's it's hilarious now. Um. Because you (laughs) see him get out of the truck, walk to the front, and then just take a couple of puffs and then huck the cigarette. And that started a multi-alarm, multi-day fire. I mean, it took forever to put this fire out, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was actually, 2000. I was on, uh, you know, I'm going to drop the department's name. I was on Wakefield at the time, and we were like, I'm like, I'm sitting there. We're sitting there in the watch room. We're like, we're fucking going to this fire. We're just seeing it, just just listening to it getting bigger and bigger. We're like, we're get the fucking ATV on the brush truck because we're fucking going. And it right. never happened. Um, we were out there forever. Yeah. I mean, forever. It, um, but yeah. So for anybody who's listening to our podcast, I used to be on the Wakefield Fire Department. <laughs> there it is. 
there it is. I don't care. Um, <laughs> what's my uncle going to do? He's going to like call me up and be the first time I talk to him in like years. But, um, <laughs> but it's all right. It is what it is. Um, I got so much knowledge from a lot of the senior guys there. It's crazy. And that Sanford fire we were just talking about, the the coolest thing I remember seeing was um, I ended up going with the, uh, somebody else from the neighboring town department of my of the department I went to uh, to it with. We ended up linking up with about seven or eight other people, and we were in this little like this little valley. It was kind of like a bowl actually, and um, Talk about we service. just well we. I look up for a split second and I notice like we're down underneath, but there's smoke like rolling over our heads. And I just kind of looked at it like, this is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Wait, was that the, the big one, the 300 and whatever fire in, in Sanford? Yep. Yeah. I was, I was sitting at the staging area at the fill site and the helicopter that dumped for all of like 30 minutes was filling there. So that was a plus. They dropped like four times and it was like, bye. <laughs> it happened really close to um, dusk. So they really didn't stay out yeah. long. And besides, well, they're all the way out of what? Like Auburn? Yeah, I think um, so. I think. It's hard to tell because everybody has contracts with everybody in this yeah. area. Um, I know New Hampshire uses... I know it was uses, service for the state. Yeah. I, I know New Hampshire uses the National Guard. Um, and I've been on two fires um, where they've had to call the National Guard to do airdrops. That was cool. And it was actually like a pretty rugged terrain. It was on a mountain. Burnt twice. Same spot. I'm like, how the fuck does this happen? Um, but that's, that's, that's the, the, two years apart. Um, but no, that's, that's when I fell in love with wildland is when I got to go spend 12 hours with no food and just cut in line. I'm like, fuck yes. There's, there's a lot of, uh, reward in getting fucking dirty. Right. I mean, and that's the dirtiest that you're going to get sweaty, dirty outside. But uh, when you're done with it, it's like, and you feel like better. And you, yeah, and you smell like absolute horseshit. Um, I remember coming home after the first day of being on that mountain, and I had literally soot up to my knees. I'm like, how the fuck does this happen? And I remember, and they were like, hey, we were, we're putting a coup together to go back the next day. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not even going to wash my pants. Let's go. And um, I grabbed a pack. I loaded it up with water because I was like, I was fucking dehydrated after that. Yep. And I learned the importance of drinking water that day. Oh, yeah. Imagine and, that. Drink your water. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Fucking hey, I, I, I would love to have you on again, Zuni. Just to have a fucking round table. Oh, absolutely. Just fucking drink um, a beer or two. I'm in. You let me know. And, and I mean, yeah. when all this – Bullshit ends. Let's go catch a game in Boston. All right. I, 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 love, I love traveling, but the best part of traveling for me is hanging out with the locals and getting like local food and the, uh, the touristy shit doesn't never uh, uh, appeal to me. I want to know like the, the, you know, the bars you guys go to. I, I want the experience of what it's like to live there every day. So yeah, we could, I, I, was, I was actually just talking to myself because sometimes when, when I'm 
fucking frustrated and shit, I think of, I talk to myself about something good. I'm like, fucking, hey, if, you know what? I, if I ever go out to California, I hope, you know, Zuni fucking invites us out to his bars. And if he ever comes yeah. out to Maine, we'll yep. fucking show him Navari Res. We'll, we'll go to Liquid Riot. We'll show him Lincoln's. We'll fuck it. We'll, we'll show him the Maine stuff. stuff. Yeah, both ways. If you guys are, <laughs> you have my phone number, John. Give me a call. Yeah. Whatever, you know, VIP treatment. I live in yeah. Temecula, it's wine country down here, but we have a lot of good breweries here. Uh, and I'm, I'm L.A. born and raised, so I know L.A. very well. And uh, yeah. I can give you the taco stand uh, treatment over there. Uh, I'm in. I'm in, brother. That's my thing. Um, Say tacos, I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking all about the tacos. And the one uh, great thing about, about Maine, especially Portland, we have breweries everywhere. Literally, yeah. there is a – A lot. There is a tour business <laughs> that is a fucking awesome can. I'm actually oh. drinking a local brew myself. A what is it? What are you? What are you into? Uh, I'm drinking the Shipyard Summer Ale. Oh, bitch! I'm currently out. <laughs> I'm very disappointed about <laughs> that. I mean, I, I have been seeing you reach down for a bottle all night. <laughs> Growler. We got the, the 32 ounce I just killed. We got the. 16 ounce I just killed, and I'm working on a... What, um... Oh, he's been drinking this entire day. Was it the first episode we recorded? It was. The first episode we recorded where we actually kind of did it in person. (laughs) We might have hit the cans a little too much. Oh, we (laughs) were full now listening. It was the first episode. (laughs) You were pretty fucking buzzed. We got carried away. Our first episode was literally three hours long, and we were sitting around Mike's yeah. couch, and we were just pounding <sighs> local beers. All I, I remember, uh, we met it up was to Gunner's me. daughter. So Gunner's oh, yeah. daughter is mass landing, and it it's was a the peanut butter flavored beer. It's so, so smooth. Yeah. What was uh, what was that peach? Butter, uh, is it a stout? Oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. It was yeah, fucking dude. amazing. Then we have, I can well, figure out a way a, to get it out to you. I will send it out to you. Do you have McKellar's out there? Uh, don't think so. Funny because I think they're San Diego-based, but they call themselves New England Style IPA. That's a style of beer. Yeah. So, the, the other thing that I am, I'm also a, um, a comic book nerd, and I'm also a beer nerd. Um, so, yeah, so the reason why they call it a New England-style IPA is because by the time they got – the IPA actually got to New England, it was, it was stale. It was disgusting. It tasted right. shitty. And something they did back in the colony days is they, they messed with the recipe, and it was able to last longer and, and be a little bit more potent and a little yep. hopier. Um, you can definitely tell. I could tell the difference between West Coast and, and a, a New England style, and, and I, I love both. Uh, but McKellar's is a San Diego-based brewery that prides himself on New England, New England style, and it's phenomenal, phenomenal. Oh man, the one the one West Coast beer that I absolutely love um, is uh, Kona. Oh yeah, we just we just I, yesterday. My my girlfriend's a, a, a into beer too, so we she that's her favorite. We we killed that uh, yesterday. We killed a, a twelve pack. Yeah, I. Uh... And what got me into it? I was like, oh, "Fucking a!" And it's never, it's never gonna, it's never gonna happen. And I was watching Hawaii Five O, the new one, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just talking about beer, guys. <laughs> Jump in anytime. Um, and I was like, "Oh man, a longboard! That sounds pretty cool." And I started, and I looked up Kona Brewery, and they're you don't actually board anymore. Fuck what? <laughs> who, 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 what? 
Bagels, what's that brewery in, in uh, on the Peace Trade Port? Oh, God. I'm not sure. What? Now it's going to kill me. I, okay, so I, I haven't gone to any of the ones in New Hampshire, but I've gone to a couple of the ones in Portland area. I'm not really into IPAs, but I like, like, ales. Um, yeah. I love me a good Guinness when it's poured right mm-hmm. on tap, when it takes you 15 minutes to get it. <laughs> yeah. The only yeah. place I ever found to really, truly do it was this Irish pub in Tulsa. Most places come close, but they don't wait like 10 minutes. I'll, t- yeah, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you right now, the best place to get a Guinness poured is McGreevy's in Boston. It's yeah. on Lit. It's on, um, it's on Boylston Street in Boston. And, uh, in Boylston Street. Have you heard of the band Dropkick Murphys? Uh, of course. Yeah. Okay. I love, Who hasn't? Love them. Okay. So my favorite band, I've seen them seven times in a year and a half. Um, so Ken Casey actually owns this bar, McGreevy's. Oh, yeah. So when they talk about grabbing Better another round at McGreevy's, that's the bar they're talking about. Better be good, yeah. Um, so when we went to the and me and my buddy Cody, um, he's my he's my concert buddy. He's my concert date. Every every concert that I go to, he's usually in tail. And um, we were actually texting the night that the Sox won the World Series, and we're like, oh, I guess we're getting beers at McGreevy's. And uh, that's ended up what we're doing. Um, I actually went on my birthday. Um, so, so the part, the, the parade was on my birthday. So it was really weird having a pint of Guinness and a cheeseburger at 8.30 in the morning. And I'm like, I'm fucking loving this. Yeah. I got yeah. fucking that's fine. hammered. <laughs> and the, fir- like the first trailer to come through was the drop kicks. And I'm like, all right, this is not a bad way to spend your birthday. Not for the parade? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. We were at McGreevy's. We wow. stepped out the front door, watched the parade, went back in, and had more beer. Now, that's a story right there. Yep. <laughs> um, if you come out to Boston, that's whenever what I'm this baseball season ever starts. Open up to Boston. Um, and the funny thing is we made our own uh, um, Boston film tour. Is We were waiting for our bus to come back to Maine. And we made our own. We went to the site where they filmed the This is the, the bus station from whatchamacallit. <laughs> That's my, it. Just like the resident uh, Boston accent guy. Yeah, you're like the, the pro over here. <laughs> <laughs> I was about oh, to make – I couldn't you, remember oh, the name of the movie. You have nothing yet, guy. Right. <laughs> one, of my fav- one of my favorite lines that I say it all the time. What are you, a fucking cop? Ain't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no fucking cop. Oh, I love cop. that line. <laughs> I, I love oh Mark God. Wahlberg in I that just, movie. Maybe. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I fucked your mother. <laughs> the, 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 the movie's so fucked up, but it's so great. There's so many really good one-liners. I like the town a lot, too, because Ben Affleck does a really good, like, Boston Irish. Yeah. Yeah, bon, uh, Ben Affleck's a Boston guy, right? He yeah. is. Him, um, Chris, uh, so, Chris Evans, also yeah. a Boston guy. Big Boston guy. Yeah. And uh, John Krasinski, he's a Boston guy. Pretty much anybody who was in that Super Bowl commercial oh God, was the... like, you packed your car in the yard? Oh, oh yeah, yeah that Boston. one. That's what I was going to talk about. <laughs> Look at that. You fucking packing your car. I packed it. Don't slam my screen it. door. <laughs> See, you, how much fun can you have with three guys from the East Coast and we're just like <laughs> shitting our own people? All the fun. <laughs> the last time I went to Boston was like a couple years ago for a stair climb, but I haven't like truly been to Boston in a while. 
Oh. I went to Boston to watch a Bruins game. That's that's another fucking good time. And you guys are lucky out in the West Coast. You have three very close. Hang on, wait. Sharks, Kings, Ducks. Yeah, yeah. I had to think about that. Um, you, you guys are lucky out there. You guys have three good hockey teams out in the West Coast, and they're in the same division. Yeah, hockey's big. Yeah, we, yeah, we hockey seriously. Who would have thought? Yeah, it's it's a great thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how close you are to the Kings and Sharks or the Ducks. I'm a lot closer to the Ducks than I am to the Kings, but uh, I, I make it out. You know, I make it out to Dodger Stadium, which is right down the street from uh, Staples, where the Kings play. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's all good. I would. Fu- I love the fucking fact that you paid homage to um, shit. I am such a fucking sports nerd too. Um, fuck, what's his name? The longtime announcer for the Dodgers. Oh, Vinny. Yes, yeah. Vin Scully. Well, that you, you have to understand that guy is like a family member because he, he is was, Mr. Dodger. <laughs> well, he's the only thing about the Dodgers that stayed the same from Brooklyn, except for the maybe the, even the uniforms. Uh, right. The players changed. The venue changed. Uh, so much changed about the Dodgers. He was the only constant. That voice, when you hear it, takes you back to those summer days. When you got nothing, if you're working on your car in the garage, you're, you're mowing the lawn, you're, whatever you're doing, you flip on the TV in the garage or, or on the transistor radio, and you have his voice getting you through whatever you're doing for two, three hours. Yeah. Uh, and that guy would tell stories about the players. And uh, uh, again, like the, the, I'm just making a realization about how kind of he inspired me to how I'm laying out my podcast. Like, sure, it's about firemen and firefighting, but I want to know about the people. Yeah. I want to know about the stories that they have personally, you know, and, and Vince Scully was represented that hundred percent. Yeah, sure. They were this little league star and they were this and that about baseball, but he would get down to why they liked the color blue and what their favorite car was and uh, all that, all that personal stuff. And he, he was, he was amazing with that. And I, I think the closest person to Vince Scully um, that we have up here is Dick Bergeron. He is a long time, long time really? NASCAR announcer. Um, yeah, I mean, he would dive deep into, into the drivers and, you know, I bet you he could probably tell you what color their underwear was that day of the race. What's your, um, what's your stance on Joe Buck before we continue? What's that? What's your stance on Joe Buck? Joe, I, I, I'm 50, 50 with Joe. <sighs> Baseball all day long. Football. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, I'm the, <laughs> I can't stand it fucking guy, dude. <laughs> um, I, I'm the same way with Chris Collinsworth. Like Dodger hater, dude. Oh, that guy sucks. Like, I can listen to him call a World Series game all day long. A fucking football game? Fuck off, give me Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> and I hate Chris Collinsworth. Like, watching him call a Patriots game was it – was, it was the closest thing to torture I've ever heard. John he Madden. shit football. on Tom Brady <laughs> so hard – and I'm great, not a Patriots guy either. Great, great football, great. Oh yeah. Uh, but it's, it's like it's like back in the day with WWE, Mean Gene. Like him doing the interviews made it just as much as the dude he was interviewing. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There, I knew it. I knew yeah. it was coming yeah. out. The, I was gonna quote that one too. Came in the mail. It's a well, pants. obviously it's not a factor. You wouldn't have mentioned it at all. Oh, Mister Wise Guy, huh? <laughs> 
cream. The cream oh, rises yeah. to the top. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh god, right. that's like one of my favorite ones. Now that Cup we're on this topic. in the big times. Now that we're on this topic, I have to know: is that your voice of doing Arnold, or is are you using a really? Absolutely fantastic opportunity to be here. Oh my god! When we get the John and Mike and Travis right here, it's like Blink One Eighty Two, but on the East Coast. You know uh, what the hell are you guys doing over there? <laughs> I mean, this is uh, eventually this was going to get out, and uh, it's going to happen. How much you try to hide it? Here I am. You know, do it. Come on, do five more. Come on, here we go. I knew it. I was like, that, that is reminds- spot on. That, is that was hundred <laughs> percent spot on. Face uh, uh, all stuff obviously is an app that. Right. But it's that's why my name is Zuniga, but it's Arnold Swatch Zuniga. This is fantastic. <laughs> Got to get the ramblings in there. He always don't know what to say, but here it comes, and they're fantastic. Look at that. We literally have the governor on our show, boys. We're gonna roll with that. Governor. <laughs> Usually early, but uh, it's just uh, just great, and I think you guys, the, the truck schmucks, <laughs> that's great, it's fantastic, it's hilarious. It's just the is name alone. He's doing all of our voiceover work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there it is. Get ready this summer. The truck schmucks are coming for you. <laughs> the little tortilla boy. Little Pablo Francisco. Oh my. <laughs> That's where I fucking I yeah. again. I love that. I love it when he did his comedy social presents and he ended with the little tortilla boy. I'm like, <laughs> that was staple, dude. I mean, uh, I, I, have you ever? Did you ever get to see him live? No. Oh, he's fucking phenomenal live, dude. Uh, Why did he stop? I I don't I don't think I've ever seen him do anything more. He got very very into drugs. Oh, Shocker. The last, one of the last times I saw him, he was strung out like a. He did a 15-minute set, and he was strung out as hell. It wasn't making any sense at all. And after that, I, I pretty much lost, uh, lost a lot of interest in him because he, he, was, he was my favorite. I loved, I loved that guy. Oh, yeah. I can see why. The voices and sound effects he would do. Yeah. yeah. Wrong when I, was younger. I mean, literally, you cannot uh, – I remember sitting in the front row at the, at the improv, and uh, you, you can't breathe. He's, he's going so fast and hitting it. It's just I, I couldn't even catch my breath. I was laughing so fucking hard. I don't know about, I think, Travis, you and I went to the t- same Tom Segura show. Yes. At yep, the state. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this, this is back before Travis and I even knew each other. Um, we ended up f- figuring out that we went we to the same, the same Tom Segura show. And, oh, my God. The only thing that I could remember from that show, and I wasn't even drunk. It was just the, the thing that stuck out to me the most was how he ended the show. He reached his hands into his panties like panty pudding. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> yeah, that story. <laughs> was, and, was it a small uh, show? Was it a big arena? Uh, no, it's, it's actually like a it's little, actually a pretty small show. Uh, it's man, it's not that big. Those are the yeah. best. Those the are the biggest. The two biggest places that we have are the Cross Insurance Arena and the Cross Insurance Center. Um, yep. And they're about 100 miles apart. And that's uh, in Maine? One's in Bangor and one's in uh, Portland. And so the State Theater, um, if you um, go Great on, for concerts. Yeah. Oh, State oh, Theater. Yeah. That's where I have seen the Dropkicks 
twice. And I was pretty much, I could, I could touch Ken Casey and, and Albar. Um, that's how fucking exactly. I was, I was fanboying uh, the day, the night that I met Ken Casey. Wow. Um, I met Al Bar in the past, but I was at an, another job. And that was pretty fucking cool. That's fucking <laughs> I awesome. Went up to the front desk person, I was like, "Is Al Bar staying in this fucking hotel?" I think it's to go see Flog and Molly right when COVID hit for St. Patrick's Day here, uh, here in uh, Fallbrook area. And literally, it was up to the minute. Like, I went to my friend's house to get ready to go, and he's like, "As soon as I showed up, he goes, dude, it's canceled. This COVID shit's getting crazy.'" Oh, hang on. I got I got one better. Is this it? Is this it? Yep. All right. So I just want to show everybody the fucking date on this damn thing. So St. Patrick's Day weekend. Oh, I see his blur. Oh, so Look at the St. date. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Day weekend, March 12th. I was supposed to see none other but the Dropkick Murphys in Boston. Oh, see, I set up for their live stream, huh? I did. Still pretty good. I mean, um... I, I still it's feel like good, but it's not the show. same. Yeah. So I wouldn't have been blasted at the um, the House of Blues. You know, completely. I'll be right off. back, guys. You got a piss? Do you have to piss now? No, something just fell and broke. I gotta go check out what it is. I'm Don't sh- shoot anyone unless you know you have to. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing, and and out here we're we're pretty gun heavy. Out there, you're pretty gun light. <laughs> He's surprised. He's a, I would be surprised. Surprised. There's a there's a reason why we joke about when we call it California out here. You'd be surprised, man. Uh, what they portray on the media, of course, fake news uh, is one thing, versus, and and I live in a very red area, so uh, it's very gun heavy in in my town. Uh, but there's also a lot of open land and, and horses and stuff. So kind of comes with the territory, but uh, you'd be surprised. I would be surprised, which, um, you know, I, obviously I'm a, I'm a hunter too. So I'm like, man, I would really, that would be really cool to go out and hunt ca- in California. Um, we, we have, we have hunting. We have, uh, we have, we have it all. Uh, yeah. It's harder to get ammunition and, 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 you know, guns and stuff, but uh, it's, yeah, I I could only imagine the perspective that you have over there of what you know what the media portrays. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I I if I if let's just say from the media perspective, if I lived in California, I would be a felon. Yeah. Yeah. So would I. Mike would be a felon, and probably Travis would be too. We would be, we would be going to jail. Um, that's how much. <laughs> if we continued, if we didn't happen to lose those guns on a fishing boating accident. That's right. I lost all my guns in a boating accident. Yeah, I don't know what the mag caps are in California. I know they're like um, illegal. Yeah, that's, very that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. I this is almost double that. <laughs> I miss. And that's I'm just we, the standard. We went from firefighting to real, real, real <laughs> guy talk. Um, <laughs> we got into guns. Usually, what happens on on our show? Um, we usually just. We, we just want to talk the record button and everybody just gets to hear our waffling. Um, right. Pretty much. You want to talk about